We're endeavoring to finish up today our um, message here on the right of the redeemed. The right of the redeemed. And we'll probably end up praying again here in a moment, but uh, I'm not used to my new little flow we changed up about a few weeks back here uh, to where I got to get it all in. I'll pray for the giving, pray for the message kind of thing. And so, but we'll read here together this passage first, all right? Galatians chapter 3. Verses 7 through 14 says, Therefore be sure that it is those who are of the faith who are sons of Abraham, the Scripture foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith, preached the gospel beforehand to Abraham, saying, All the nations will be blessed in you. So then those who are of faith, that would be us, we're not direct descendants of His in the natural, but by faith, are blessed with Abraham the believer. Glory to God. For as many as are of the works of the law are under a curse. This is why it's important that he's telling us we're blessed because of Jesus. For it is written, Cursed is everyone who does not abide by all things written in the book of the law to perform them. Now that no one is justified by the law before God is evident. For the righteous man shall live by faith. However, the law is not of faith. On the contrary, he who practices them shall live by them. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree, in order that in Christ Jesus the blessing of Abraham might come to the Gentiles, so that we would receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Amen. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. The right of the redeemed. Could we trust the Lord for just a quick moment here and just ask the Lord for His grace? Father, I ask you now to help me to say all the words that I need to say. Lord, I step back so that you may step in. Lord, our desire is that you would be center stage. It is your voice that we need to hear. It is your words that are the words of eternal life. Strengthen and quicken, Lord, I pray your people today. Holy Spirit, I pray for unction and utterance. And may all help me to bring glory and honor to Jesus today. In the mighty name of Jesus, I pray. Amen and amen. We talked about the right of the redeemed. And it was several weeks back in one of our pre-service prayer sessions when the Lord spoke that, that phrase to me. And to, to speak on that, to teach on that. And I wrestled with that for, for a little bit. Not really. I mean, I, I was going to obviously do it, but I, I kind of pondered what, why, you know, I, I Lord, this, you know, I've spoke about these things before. I mean, but then he showed me, well, uh, just because you eat a certain meal, uh, eventually you lo lose the nourishment of that meal. And, I mean, it nourishes you, but eventually that process, your body, you know, processes it and so on and so forth. And, and gets rid or, you know, unfortunately, keeps stuff around for way too long, you know. Amen to that, right? We wish we just, that didn't happen, but it does. And um, we, but the, the truth is, we, we are nourished by that food in some way or, you know, fashion. Or not nourished, depending on what it is, right? But you have to eat again. And then you have to eat again. If you stop eating... And just say, well, I ate that. I've, I ate. 
I ate three weeks ago, you're going to be a very weak person in the natural. You just will be. Well, the same thing is true spiritually. If you don't eat spiritually, you're going to be weak spiritually. And we need to be strong spiritually. Amen. We got to be strong in the Lord. Hallelujah. And so we need to nourish ourselves spiritually. And that would be more than just once a week on a Sunday or twice a week on a Wednesday, you know, included or what. We need nourishment on an ongoing basis. You can get about with that for a little bit, but I mean, you keep doing that over and over and over and over a long time. Listen, you'll be weak. And what happens is we have these challenges that come against us in life, and then all of a sudden we need our faith to work, and we need to move this thing, and we've got we to be strong, and we've got to stand, but yet we're weak. Our spiritual muscles are weak, so to speak. Why? Well, we haven't been eating. And so we're talking about this again because, you know, just because we've, we know the taste of something or we've heard something, we've ate it before, doesn't mean we're presently receiving the ongoing nourishment from it. And so I believe the Lord has us speaking about this last week and, and I believe this week because we need to be nourished. One, He knows what's coming up anyway. I don't. You know, there are times in my life, I've seen this happen, honestly, many times, where, because I'll keep a little journal of a thing, you know, things that this are in my heart from that day and uh, in prayer and reading the Word and something that stood out to me or so on and so forth. And I'll think, well, that's good. It never fails. You know, to me, it's just, it's good for me. Whatever else, I, I needed that and showed me things. But there'll be somebody's path I'll come across that week that could use that. And oftentimes, though, weeks, sometimes months later, something will happen in my life. And you know where the answer is? Months, months earlier in my journal. And I can't tell you how many times I've seen this happen in my life. What was he doing? Preparing me. He was preparing me. He was showing me. Oh, glory to God. What was he doing? He was nourishing me. He was getting me ready. I had something to stand on. Hallelujah. And so we need to be nourished. Why do we need to? That's why we need to hear the word going on. Even when everything is perfect, even when everything is right, even when everything is victorious in your life, you still need to be hearing the word of God. And last week we said that victory was the right of the redeemed. That victory was the right of the redeemed. And that Jesus made a way for us to be moved from being, cur from being cursed to being blessed. Friends, it doesn't take much revelation for us to understand this. There's a curse in the earth. Uh, there, it, it doesn't take much. That's not a stretch. I mean, just look around at things that happen, the destruction, things that take place, the chaos. Listen, there are things that are at work in the earth. But Jesus moved us from being under the curse to now being under the blessing of the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank God for Him. He redeemed us. He said Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law. And last week we said we aren't just redeemed from something, but we're also redeemed to something. He said we're redeemed to what? In order that, it says there, we read, in order that, we would receive, or so that we might receive, the blessing of Abraham, which would be the blessing of the Lord. That's who blessed Abraham. Well, the word blessing there means benefits bestowed, something given, something granted. Was anything given or granted unto Abraham? Yes. 
And it says we've been redeemed from the curse of the law. Jesus purchased things for us. He purchased salvation for us. Amen? He purchased much on that cross for us. Now you think about this. We all understand what it means to purchase something on behalf of another. This week, or within the last couple weeks, if you got kids, I imagine it was this week, or Lord help us, it's multiple times a week, you go to the grocery store and you buy things. And you buy things for them. I don't know how it works in your house. Maybe you just shove it in your face and say, this is what you got today. I don't know. But for us, she'll say, what do you want? What do you want here? What do you want that? You know, that's, I say she because Kim handles this. And so she, she'll say, what, what do you want? She's asking the kids. What, she asks me, what do you want? Is there anything you want? But she'll ask the kids, what do you want this week? You know, this, that, so on and so forth. You know, that kind of thing. And then she gets it. And, you know, so on and so forth. And then we come home and we put it in the fridge and put it in the pantry and so on and so forth, right? And so there it is. And it's really, there's stuff that we buy that she never eats, I never eat. It's just for them to eat. You know what I'm saying? Now, we used to eat, but then at some point in time it stopped liking us. And it stopped treating us the way it should always used to treat us. I mean, amen to that. I mean... I don't know. I loved it, but it don't love me back anymore. I mean, uh, it loves me too much, apparently. It don't want to leave. You know what I'm saying? And so now there are things that we purchase that they can eat, and, you know, we just really can't eat like that anymore. And um, so we, we do this, and it's there, but it's for them. Jesus purchased some things that are for us. Victory is one of those things we looked at last week. Now, we want to look at another one today, though. Deuteronomy chapter 28. Remember, this is what we're going back to where the curse of the law was read. Deuteronomy 28, verses 21 through 22. It says this, The Lord will make the pestilence. Now this is in Deuteronomy 28. The first portion is talking about the blessing of the Lord. Then the second part is the curse that comes on you. And it says, The Lord will make the pestilence cling to you until He has consumed you from the land where you are entering to possess it. The Lord will smite you with consumption and with fear and with inflammation, with fiery heat and with the sword and with blight and with mildew and they will pursue you until you perish. In fact, you can go back and read a lot of this and you'll see all these little things and elements that are listed. We're not necessarily going through each and every one of these. And sometimes you could say, well, man, I tell you what, he roughed them up. Well, if you look at verses that precede this, you'll see the issue is they forsake him. This is the issue. This isn't obviously God's plan, God's desire, or what God wants. He wants what He's already talked about, the blessing. But their actions, they have forsaken Him. And if you forsake Him, what can I do for you? You're not under my covering, my protection, my purview. You've turned your back on me. I didn't, I didn't turn my back on you. But I said stay here. It's safer here. But if you want to go play in the road, go play in the road. But listen, that's not a great place to be. There's a lot of obstacles you're going to have to overcome. And there's a lot of things you're going to have to dodge. And there's going to be some people out for you out there. You know what I mean, so to speak. There's an enemy roaming around. How many know it says that the enemy, he's like a roaring lion? He's not one, but he acts like one. But the picture of that is this. If you're out there in the, in the wild and you got your little cub there, 
Well, you can go on and roam around there, but you know what? There's other, there's other things out there that would like to eat you. But now if you stay around me, I can protect you. I can take care of you. I can watch over you. But if you go off and astray, then listen, you're outside of where I'm at. And what happens is in our lives through what we do and what we believe and our actions, listen, we place ourselves outside of God's hand, of God's provision, of God's protection, of God's blessing. We find ourselves in places we don't need to be. Amen. And so here, that's what happens when you don't follow the Lord. And so skip down though to verse, chapter, uh, verse number 60, excuse me. So there's many things here you can read, honestly, concerning health. But he says here, just to wrap it all up, He will bring back on you all the diseases of Egypt of which you were afraid, and they will cling to you. Also every sickness and every plague which not written in the book of this law, the Lord will bring on you until you are destroyed. Notice though, it says, also every sickness and every plague which not written in the book of the law. It doesn't matter if you read it in Deuteronomy 28 or not. If it's sickness or disease or destructive against your body and your mind, listen friends, God has redeemed you from this. We read Galatians 3 that Christ has redeemed us. He's writing to the church. He's writing to Gentiles. He's writing to those who are of faith. We read that earlier. And what did he say? He's redeemed us from the curse of the law. What was the curse of the law? Sickness and disease was part of the curse of the law. It was part of the curse. It's part of the curse. So healing is the right of the redeemed. We've been talking about the right of the redeemed. Victory is the right of the redeemed. But healing is also the right of the redeemed. We've been redeemed from sickness and disease and redeemed to healing and health. And I know... Some churches don't believe this. I understand that. There are some people and ministers. I, I get it. I, 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 I don't get that. But I mean, I understand that they, they don't. And sometimes it can just be a lack of teaching or a lack of understanding. I understand that. But when you read the Word of God without any, any preconceived notion, I mean, just this very fact, is God not good? Have you ever wanted your child sick? Did you ever get up and say, you know what? Today, even when they made a mistake, even when they did something wrong to you, even when they didn't follow through what they should have done, you might have disciplined them, but you didn't wish that they would have a runny nose. You didn't wish that fever come on them. You didn't wish that pain would happen to their life. You didn't want all kinds of infections to develop in their body. You didn't want all their cells to go haywire and become bad and so on and so forth. You didn't want growths and tumors to show up in their body. Anybody ever had that thought? That didn't even ever cross your mind. Well, are you, are you better than God? Are you more pure and righteous than God? Then why would he think this way? If we on this earth, being carnal and having the nature of even this flesh to influence us if we're not careful. We don't even think that. People who don't even know Jesus don't think this way. I mean, be honest with you, right? So why would we think God would want to do such a thing? He's good. So healing is the right of the redeemed. Now, we could spend lots and lots of weeks in this, obviously. But 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 24. 
says this, And he himself bore our sins in his body on the cross, so that we might die to sin and live to righteousness, for by his wounds you were healed. Why does the Apostle Peter say, Peter say it like that? For by his wounds you were healed. Because the cross and the event of the crucifixion and the resurrection has already taken place. And so Peter looks back at that and says, that's the moment when Jesus went to the grocery store and he purchased salvation, he purchased eternal life, he purchased also healing, glory to God. That's when he went to the store right then. We're not, we're not waiting on him to go to the store for us now. He went to the store. Everybody with me on the, the follow the example for a minute. He already went to the store and he got it. He came back home, glory to God. Opened up the fridge and stuck salvation in there. He opened up the pantry and put healing in there, glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Are, you, are we not of the household of God? Are we not in the family of God? Oh, we got to understand what all is in his family. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 8 says, This Jesus Christ is, not was, not used to be, but Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Oh, glory to God, glory to God. The same, that word same means unchangeable. Jesus Christ is unchangeable yesterday, today, and forever. Glory to God. He's the same. That's important to know. Why? Because if you read the Gospels, you read about Jesus' life, what was one of the things that Jesus did over and over and over again? He healed people. Well, does he no longer do that? Something's got to violate Scripture. I mean, listen, because if you hold fast that he no longer does that, then, then Scripture is violating itself because it says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Yes. Meaning He's the same one. Glory to God. He didn't change. Hallelujah. Amen. Acts chapter 1. I'm just trying to give a few verses here. The Bible says, Out of the mouth of two or three witnesses, let every word be established. Acts chapter 1. This is in Jesus' ascension. It says, And as they, His disciples, were gazing intently into the sky while he was going. Behold, two men in white clothing stood beside them. They also said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking into the sky? This Jesus. This Jesus. The one you're looking at right here. This Jesus. Some translations say, This same Jesus. You can say that. This Jesus or this same Jesus saying the same thing. It's pointing to someone right now. This Jesus. What were they doing when they said that? This Jesus, who was that Jesus? The Jesus they had walked with for all these years. The Jesus they had come to know. The Jesus they had helped in ministry. Well, what did they help Jesus with in ministry? What did they see Jesus do in the ministry? He healed people, didn't he? And they said, this Jesus. He is what? This Jesus who has been taken up from you into heaven will Come in just the same way as you've watched him go into heaven. Friends, Jesus didn't get to heaven and decide, you know what, I'm done with the healing business. No, he's unchangeable. It's who he is. It's what he brought to this earth. He is still the Savior. He's still the Deliverer. He's still the Provider. Oh, glory to God for all of these things.
The Lord is not, He still is. He's not just was. Praise God. So healing is the right of the redeemed. Healing is the right of the redeemed. Deuteronomy chapter 28. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I want to go ahead and just close, man. Glory to God. We could, we could camp right there, but I want to share this other one as well. Now, these aren't everything. We're not, we're not talking about everything that's in the pantry today. But we're talking about some big things. Victory is in the right of the redeemed. We looked at scriptures last week about that. Healing is the right of the redeemed. We looked at some things like that right here. But I want to show you another one here in Deuteronomy 28, verse number 30. Again, this is part of the curse. And we've been redeemed from this. So if you read this, we've been redeemed from it. Meaning if this has showed up in your life, you don't have to have it. You shall betroth a wife, but another man will violate her. You shall build a house, but you will not live in it. You shall plant a vineyard, but you will not use its fruit. That's, that's all decrease right there. That's losing stuff right there, right? Less and less and less. I need you to see this. Your ox shall be slaughtered before your eyes, but you will not eat of it. Your donkey shall be torn away from you and, you and will not be restored to you. Your sheep shall be given to your enemies and you will have none to save you. What's happening? You're losing. Less and less and less. That's decrease is happening. Your sons and your daughters shall be given to another people while your eyes look on and yearn for them continually. But there will be nothing you can do. A people whom you do not know shall eat up the produce of your ground and all your labors, and you will never be anything but oppressed and crushed continually. How many know this is bad news? You shall bring out much seed to the field. I'm sorry, skip down to verse 38. You shall bring out much seed to the field, but you will gather in little, for the locusts will consume it. What's happening? Decrease is happening. You shall plant and cultivate vineyards, but you will neither drink of the wine nor gather the grapes, for the warm will devour them. You shall have olive trees throughout your territory, but you will not anoint yourself with oil, for your olives will drop off. So on and so forth. Tip down to verse number uh, 43, or 44, excuse me. He shall lend to you, but you'll not lend to him, for he shall be the head and you'll be the tail. Verse 62. Then you shall be left few in number. Whereas you were as numerous as the stars of heaven, but because you did not obey the Lord your God. What's happening here? Decrease. You know what also is the right of the redeemed? Increase is the right of the redeemed. Now we talked about last week why it's important why I'm saying the word right. When you know you're right, you'll know what you can do. You know what you have an expectation for. And I gave the example of having to take something back to a store. When I know I have X amount of time to take it back with the tags on there, I don't ever doubt, I have no fear, I'm positive, I can take it back and it all will be fine. But friends, you and I come to a place sometimes where we understand what is ours and the enemy shows up and things come against our life. Things are never working out. It's decrease, decrease, decrease month after month and year after year. It's nothing but sickness perpetually in our lives for 30 and 40, 50 years. Listen, that's not God's desire for you. He has better plans for you. The right of the redeemed, an expectation in your heart that God will move in your life, hallelujah, should take place in our lives, but knowing because we've been redeemed from the curse of the law. And one of the things that we've been redeemed from is that is decrease. Increase is the right of the redeemed. We can go back a few verses and you'll see this. 
You know, we can go through life thinking we are limited by our jobs, our careers, our ability to advance. You know, I'll never be able to do this. I'll never be able to have that. I can never send my kids to this thing, so on and so forth. But the truth really is we are limited by our faith and our giving. That's where we're limited. It isn't about, well, all these other things are natural. We're limited by our faith. We're limited by our giving. We're limited by our disobedience. When the Lord says, do this thing for me, he's trying to position you for something. I'll never forget. <laughs> something happened. And it was early on, really, in my journey with the Lord. And, but he had prompted me to give something uh, to, to a particular ministry. And, and I just thought, man, I, I don't know about that. You know, I... He was stretching me beyond places I'd been before, you know. And, man, I didn't do it. I didn't. Anybody ever, you don't, don't, don't have to raise your hand unless you want to support me right now. But anybody else ever been there <laughs> unless you don't want to leave me out here on this island all alone? Anybody ever just heard from the Lord and not follow through? I have. I did. I mean, he prompted me to give a certain amount of money to a ministry. And I didn't do it. I didn't do it. Well, not very long after that, something broke down in my vehicle. <sighs> now, and boy, did I learn a lesson. <laughs> oh, man, did I learn a lesson. But thank God for lessons that we can learn. Amen. And um, now, did the Lord cause my vehicle to break down? No, absolutely not. But did the Lord know my vehicle was going to break down? Absolutely, yes. And what was he trying to do? Get me to give. Why? Because what I gave, what he prompted me to give was much less than the repair of that vehicle. And what does God do with seed that's sown? He multiplies it, doesn't it? Yeah, amen. I mean, you put, you put seed in the, the farmer puts seed in the ground, guess what? The harvest is much larger than the seed. The seed is tiny compared to what comes out. Isn't that right? Absolutely. And throughout the Word of God, we see sowing and reaping is linked to these things. And so, what was he trying to get me to do? Sow it. Why? So I can bring it back to you in a greater abundance. Hallelujah. Oh, but I learned. Oh, but thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, there's some things you walk through. Now, thank God he's merciful, though, friends. He is merciful. He is merciful. You can fall on it. You can fall on your knees and say, God, I missed that one. Royally bad have mercy on me, he'll be merciful to you. And he will help you. Glory to God. And praise God. He ended up, I mean, listen, I got blessed. Everything got taken care of. Praise God for it. But it didn't have to be that way. That's what limits us, though. We can think we have all these other external factors that are limiting us, but not really. The Bible says that increase is the right of the redeemed. I just want to read a few of these here. De Deuteronomy chapter 28 you can read that. It's good to read that. But notice this. He says, blessed, in verse number 5, blessed shall be your basket and your kneading bowl. Blessed shall you be when you come in, and blessed shall be when you go out. Notice verse 8 here. The, the Lord will command the blessing upon you in your barns and in all that you put your hand to, and he will bless you in the land which the Lord your God gives to you. Verse 11, the Lord will make you abound in prosperity in the offspring of your body and in the offspring of your beast 
and in the, in the produce of your ground. That would be like their occupation, their job, their way they sustain themselves. In the land which the Lord swore to your fathers to give you, the Lord will open for you His good storehouse, the heavens to give rain to your land in its season and to bless all the work of your hand. And you shall lend to many nations, but you shall not borrow. Glory to God. Notice he wanted to increase them to the degree that they could lend. They had so much, they were the money people. You can come see me and I can help you. How awesome would that be that you could, come, you could come to a place where you could give and help this person, give and help that project, bless this person in need, help that person doing a mission's work. Help the, man, glory to God. Why? Because God has increased you for these things. So increase is the right of the redeemed. Oh, hallelujah. Glory be to God. Our, our worship team can come. I want to close with this thought. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, stand with me, if you will. So healing is the right of the redeemed. Increase is the right of the redeemed. Hallelujah. Now, we got to follow through on the Word and things He tells us to do. But I want to come back to an illustration now as we close. Kim goes to the store. Sometimes me, but predominantly, you know, she handles that. Comes home and we put all the groceries up and put things in the fridge, put things in the pantry. But every so often, we'll go through there and I'll be looking at something and I'll check something might have been in there a while or this or that or whatever, and I'll look at the expiration date. And you know what? It's expired. It's not even been opened and it's expired. Anybody ever had that happen and you had to put the flesh under because they wanted it, but they didn't really want it, I guess, right, you know? But there have been times like that, that's happened, right, where something has expired. I mean, man, it's long gone, right? Never even opened. Never touched. Throw it away. No good anymore. Oh, hallelujah. Friends, I'm telling you, and what's in the pantry, what's in the fridge, things have been purchased for them. There are things that happened over 2,000 years ago. Jesus went to the cross. For purposes of illustration, Jesus went to the store. And He purchased some things for people. He purchased some things for all of humanity. And glory be to God, He was raised up, and He put that in, and glory to God. Listen, we came into the family of God... He put it in the refrigerator. He put it in the pantry. Glory to God. But friends, there's an expiration date on those things. Hey, in the pantry, you can open up the pantry right now. There's a box. It says prosperity. It don't say cheese it. It says prosperity on it. The open up, up there. Listen, there's a bag of Listen, friends. Listen, there's some crackers there. It don't say zesta. It says healing. Glory to God. Oh, Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. You can open the pantry. You'll see peace is in there. Peace is also the right of the redeemed. But here's the thing. There's an expiration date on those things. Because you know why there's an expiration date? Because you don't need healing in heaven. You don't need prosperity in heaven. You don't need peace in heaven. You won't need any of these things. When you need them is now on this earth. 
And if you're not careful, too much of the church is going to end up one day. They're going to be in heaven. And they're going to now realize, wait, you mean all along in the pantry of my, the house of my good God was healing and prosperity and increase and victory. And I never would go open up that box. Well, how about now? Too late. It's expired. You don't need it any longer. Oh, glory to God. And all through the time on this earth, you've done without because you didn't realize there's a box for what you need in there. Friends, I want to tell you today, if you need something in your life, glory to God. God desires to touch your life. If you need healing in your body, if you need increase in your life, if you need Jesus as your Lord and Savior, that's the most important thing. Eternal life, glory be to God. Then today is the day. So as we sing this...